Hi, this is Mark Cravens, founder and podcast host for Hope Along the Journey. I want to take a few moments to thank you, our listeners, for listening to the podcast. It was truly a step of faith when I launched out in the last part of July to record the very first podcast that I recorded. I remember how nervous I was and thinking to myself, I'm going to record this and nobody will even listen. But God has blessed our efforts and today we have a number of people who are following us on seven different podcast venues plus YouTube. We have had over, now we're well over 10,000 listens. People are listening to the podcast from, and this is mind-boggling to me, from 27 countries outside of the U.S. A total of 28 countries people have listened to the podcast from. Every week we have new people who are subscribing, new people who are listening. And I just want to thank you for your support. We now have a website up and operating, and we're excited about the hopealongthejourney.org website that just recently released. We are now getting everything uploaded to YouTube, and a lot of exciting things are happening. I thank God for how he has provided. There have been people who have stepped up and provided donations that have underwritten all the cost for hope along the journey. I've never asked for a dime, but God has just supplied the need, and I, I thank him for that. And we've been able to meet all of our, our budgetary needs and even to give money to help support foreign missions. And that was one of the things that I wanted to be able to do was to use some of the money and revenue from the podcast to support missionary endeavors, to reach people for Jesus Christ. I tell people everywhere about the podcast and share with them the exciting stories of how God is at work in people's lives, helping people through some of the most horrific situations and traumatic events to discover the hope that is found in Jesus Christ, the hope that enables them to move on beyond paralyzing fear or, or beyond the crippling past that, that holds so many people. And my prayer is that through hearing these stories, that people will truly discover that Jesus Christ is the hope of the world and that there's hope for them along their journey too. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting. Please visit our website. Please tell a friend about Hope Along the Journey. God bless you. Thank you for listening. Have you ever been tempted to give up or check out in your walk with God? Have you been at a place in life's journey where you felt overwhelmed and overshadowed by life's obstacles, setbacks, or heartaches? It could be you're at such a place right now, a place where you are hungering for hope. If so, then Hope Along the Journey podcast is a ministry of encouragement created specifically with you and others just like you in mind. And now, here is your host, Mark Cravens, to share a word of encouragement with you today. Thank you for joining us today for Hope Along the Journey podcast. Hi, I'm Mark Cravens, your host, and we're glad that you decided to join us today. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you're not going to be disappointed because we have a very exciting guest here with us today in the studio, and that is 
Kim Collingsworth. Kim, welcome to the podcast today. Thank you, Mark. Thank you so much. It's a joy to have you. Uh, Kim and I go way, way back. I mean, all the way back (laughs) to southern Indiana. But we'll talk about that later. (laughs) But for those of you who may not know, uh, Kim Collingsworth is an American gospel concert pianist, and she currently serves as music director for international concert artists, the Collingsworth family. She is a co-owner of two companies, P&KC Music, LLC, and P&K Properties, LLC. Got that right, didn't I? Sounds good. I tell you what, for a guy who struggles with dyslexia, I do pretty good. She's a mother of four children and grandmother to five. And I just got to see you just a moment ago when your grandson came in the room. Suddenly, I was not important. No one else was important, but he was important. And so the Collingsworth family perform about 120 concerts annually, and they have been represented by Christian Music's largest agency, Jeff Roberts and Associates, and they have won numerous awards. And for those of you that know anything about gospel music, you can't follow gospel music and not know who the Collingsworth family is. And so, Kim, we're just delighted to have you today. Thank you. It is a joy and a treat for me to be here. Yeah. Thank you. I'm holding in my hand a book, brand new book called His Gift, My Story. When did the when did the book come out, Kim? Book release, let's see, it re- released around November. Around November. Yes. Yeah. So it was written by your sister, Becky? Uh-huh. We co-wrote it together. Oh, wow. Yeah. And her husband, Tim, and they, they worked with you on this. Yes. And it... Oh, ladies and gentlemen, it is a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful book, and we're going to be telling you later on how to get a copy of this. But, Kim, we're so delighted to have you and to have this book, His Gift, My Story. So for those who may not know who you are, take us back to the days of childhood, because that's where this book begins, and tell us a little bit about your story and how you came to be so deeply involved in music. Well, uh, my parents are James and Carolyn Keaton. Uh, I was raised, my daddy was a pastor and an evangelist my whole life. So I was raised in a a Christian home all all of my growing up years. Mm -hmm. I have eight brothers and sisters. I can still hear mother calling us all by name. Jimmy, Sandy, Vicky, <laughs> Jeff, Kim, Becky, Troy, Brian, and Julia, come to dinner. Uh, you know, and so I was raised in a very big family, a yes. very active family, chaotic sometimes, but uh, a very loving family. I was blessed, uh, very blessed in that way. Um, so, uh, yes, I, I, I honestly have never known anything but ministry. You know, I'm watching it my whole life. Um, but uh, when I was three years old, I kind of had a moment— um, well, it was a moment that really set the trajectory for my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had no way of knowing that at the time. People say, how can you remember back to three years of age? Well, I don't remember a lot, but I do remember some specific things. Mm-hmm. And uh, one night, we lived in uh, New Albany, Indiana. My daddy was the pastor of the Clear Fork Wesleyan Church. Yes. Mark, I believe you remember that place. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> you know, well, I, I, I got to say this, so let me interject this. One of my fondest memories was getting to eat with the Keaton family, on a few occasions, I got to eat with you oh, wow. around the picnic table. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my word. That's in I, my book. <laughs> I don't know of another family that had a picnic table for their table. But then again, when you got 
you know, that many children. What else do you do? Yeah. But that was such a fond memory. And even when you moved to Bedford later on, I believe you still had the picnic table. And I remember eating there at the picnic table. So those were good, good memories. Daddy had that table built, especially Uh for us. I mean, it was just custom made for us. And I remember when it was being built, I thought, wow, we're really special. We're having our own table made. But what I didn't know was you couldn't buy one to fit all of us. So he had to have it custom built. But that was awesome. Picnic bench on the sides. Uh, you know, the the oldest child, All we had four boys and five girls. And so mm-hmm. the oldest, the boys sat on one side, the, the girls sat on the right, other. Right. And uh, the oldest down to the youngest, down to mom, you know, she was at the other end. And that right. was a special, special time. It's a very, very special place to be yes. there at the Keaton table amongst yes. all the Keaton clan. It was just, it was so great. Yeah. And of course, your dad and mom are very special people to me, as well as all your siblings. I have a very, very close connection and dearly love yes. them. Probably no other man has had a deeper impact on my life and ministry than your dad. And I'm sure that plays into the impact on your life as well. That love for ministry and love for God that was lived out day in and day out in your family. Honestly, it's it's why I'm a Christian today, is mm-hmm. watching my parents' lives, the genuineness mm-hmm. of their authentic Christian living every day. Uh, you know, it's one thing to um, preach and be up front and be in public, it's another thing to preach, be up front in public, and your family sit there and listen to you and believe in you. Absolutely, right. And that's a that's a real compliment to my parents, mm-hmm. and I, I thank them for it. I've thanked them many times for it. So mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't hard to uh, follow the God that they taught us about. That's wonderful. It wasn't hard at that's all. That's great. So let's go back to that childhood now and those memories and how this whole music thing again really began to take shape for you in your life. Well, on a Sunday night... At the Clear Fork Wesleyan Church, my dad was preaching. I was sitting on the front row toward the center aisle. Mm -hmm. And I heard dad um, preach. uh, He was talking about Solomon. Now, I couldn't tell you much of anything he said in that sermon, Mm -hmm. except he made a statement. And this is what stuck in my head. He said that Solomon asked for a gift, and God graciously granted it. That was exactly what he said. Mm -hmm. I remember thinking, sitting there as a three-year-old child, that just captured me. And it was a, a, a lightning moment for me. Right, right. Sure. And I remember thinking, I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that tonight when I go home. Now, you know, in a three-year-old mind, you know, you're not getting too complicated, but it was just simple. <laughs> That's what I was going to do when I got Absolutely. home. Absolutely. And so uh, we lived right across the gravel drive at the Parsonage there. Yes. And uh, when I got home, I remember running up the 14 steps all the way up to the <laughs> to the little room where I stayed. Uh-huh. Got in my drawer, got my pajamas on. I went over to the bed, and I knelt down at the bed. And I remember specifically begging and pleading that God would give me a gift, like he gave that king my daddy was talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it wasn't anything complicated. It was very simple. Mm-hmm. And when my mom tucked me in that night, I remember thinking this thought went through my head. I can't wait to see what I'm going to be when I wake up in the morning. I just can't wait. (laughs) And obviously the next morning I woke up, I was disappointed. I was like, I was nothing different. But now this is where mother kind of comes into the story. And I don't know how much, many weeks went by. Mm -hmm. But mother said she came in one night after dinner and I was sitting at the piano um, playing my sister's recital piece. And I remember specifically... That's amazing. I remember specifically sitting at the dinner table and hearing that song and saying, I can do that. And she came in wow. and said I was playing in the key of G flat. And she said, <laughs> how did you know how to do that? 
And um, she told me, she said, I looked up at her, and I don't even remember this. She said, I looked up and said, well, she was playing, and I wanted to play too. Uh, And from that moment, uh, my husband likes to call it a love affair with the piano, but Mm -hmm. truly, I couldn't think of anything else. And Mother said before I went to first grade, I would play six and eight hours a day. She said, you'd run outside to play with your siblings Mm -hmm. and run right back Mm -hmm. in and on the piano bench, Mm -hmm. and my feet were probably a foot from touching the pedals. But I just, I just was all consumed with it. Mm-hmm. So fast forward, um, you know, mother tried to give me lessons when I was about six or seven, and uh, I remember I was scared to death of the teacher because I had figured out that I could memorize instantly. Mm-hmm. So if she would play the piece she wanted me to learn, I would memorize it, take the book home, put it up on the music rack and act like I was sight reading, and I would just be playing everything from memory. My mom thought I was reading. I'd go back the next week and play and look at the teacher, and she would be frustrated and say, don't look at me, look at the book. And I wanted to say, I don't know what that book says, but I was too scared to say it. And so she called my mom and said, don't bring this kid back to me. I don't don't have a clue what to do with her. So that kind of was, and again, it was just all consuming. Everything I heard, um, I remember when I was 9, 10, 11, I would play the piano in the car. Mother said, I was kind of a quiet kid. Mm-hmm. That's hard for my husband to believe now, but I was kind of a quiet kid back in the day. Mm-hmm. And she said, but I would sit in the car and play the piano with my teeth. I would hear chords in my head, and my upper teeth would be a scale. And I would make chords with my teeth. And That's just odd, but I was just all consumed with the piano. Uh-huh. It was the love of my life. Yeah. And so... Um, Mother, uh, I remember the day that Mother told me, I believe I was uh, I was seven or eight, and she was combing my hair for church one mm-hmm. Sunday morning. And she kept a close tab in what I was learning. She, she, she was watching me. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And she said one Sunday, Kim, I'm going to be late. I need you to play the prelude this morning. Now listen, you know, you're a pastor. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of insane, <laughs> looking back. And I remember I started crying and said, I don't want to play the prelude this morning. And she said, if you're not on the prelude, on the piano when I get over there, you're going to get a spanking. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that, my mom was kind of pushing me out. I you know? guess she was. But yeah. anyway, so, you know, it was just a crazy <laughs> journey. I mean, the Lord had me on, and uh, right. I was getting all kinds of, uh, you know, on-hand, uh, first-hand experience right. and didn't even realize that I was. Mm-hmm. So uh, fast forward to uh, we moved to a college, a Bible college. My dad was the president. Mm-hmm, right. I was 13 when we moved there and uh, started playing for quartets and and choirs. And, you know, it's just been my whole yeah. life. It's just been the love of my life. Yeah. Um, and I'm just blessed by God to be able to do it. I'm a very, very small part in his great big mm-hmm. kingdom, but I'm telling you, it's an honor. Yeah. It's a privilege. You know, I was I was there in those child, some of those childhood years. Yeah. And of course... I went to Union Bible College, the same college that you, your dad went to to become president, and I remember you playing for those quartets at 13, and <laughs> I was just like, I mean, it, you were, you know, we use the term child prodigy. It's oh. kind of like the way it was. Um, but what's been amazing to me, Kim, is, is not only the piano gifts that God has given you, but I remember you being that introverted, very shy child. You said, your, your husband Phil doesn't hardly believe that today, but I, I I was there. I remember how quiet you were in those years, and yet something has happened not only with your music, but something else has happened because you have also emerged to become a speaker. I I, I told your son. I said your mom is an exhorter. 
when, when God touches her heart with something, she, she has a word from God to share with people. So talk to us a little about the development of, of this music and this ministry as time went on later in your life. Well, you know, Mark, um, I don't know where that moment came when I decided, you know, that I could actually stand up and speak in public without my knees collapsing, uh, <laughs> because that's the way it was all my teenage I mm-hmm. rem- years. I remember the, the quartets would ask me to testify, and honestly, if I'd have been 70, I'd have had a cardiac arrest. <laughs> my heart would have stopped in that moment had it been worn out, because honestly, it scared me that bad. Uh-huh. Um, but, you know, the involvement of the music... Um, you know, it just kind of happened over the years. Phil would say to me, you know, I want you to say something to the audience. And I would just say, but I can't, I can't speak. Mm-hmm. And, um, but you know what? I was quiet. Even though I was very quiet, I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Not a lot got past me. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think God was doing a work in me. Um, and really, when we became married and started this music ministry, the Lord spoke to me early on and said, you take care of the depth I'll take care of the width. That's awesome. Do not worry about whether Uh or not you're singing to 30 people or 100 people or 1,000 people. Mm -hmm. That's not your job. Your job is to to go down deep Mm -hmm. and to get in my word. And, you know, when I began to do that, the Lord began to enlighten me. Mm. And to to, uh, I I started to grow Mm -hmm. like I'd never grown before. Mm -hmm. And I guess um, along with that, he gave me a voice yeah. <laughs> because all of a sudden I started to open my mouth and talking, and I haven't shut up since. Yeah. Well, that's great. Well, we're going to pause right there because we want to have a moment for our sponsor to say a few words, and then, Kim, we're going to come right back and pick up on the conversation. I'd like to take just a moment to recognize one of our sponsors, and that's God's Bible School and College. God's Bible School and College is located in Cincinnati, Ohio, and for over 100 years, it has been sending out Christian workers, pastors, and missionaries literally around the world. God's Bible School and College is a fully accredited college, offering both on-campus and online courses. Great faculty. A great place to study and to know God's Word. So if you or someone you know is looking to go to Bible college and prepare themselves for the ministry God has called them to do, then please visit their website at www.gbs.edu. Again, that's God's Bible in School and College at www.gbs.edu. Thank you, God's Bible School, for your sponsorship of the podcast. And now, back to our Hope Along the Journey podcast. All right, we're back here with Kim Collingsworth. And Kim, we've been talking about your development of your music career. And we, we got up to the point where you got married and you started in this field. First of all, you were like in song evangelism, and then you got into the concerts. And now you're holding 120 concerts a year. We also were talking about how God has given you a voice. And because when I attend your concerts and I listen to your concerts, the music is outstanding. There, there's no question of that. But there's also, when I hear you share at these concerts, I I really do feel and sense that oftentimes you have a word from God. And you talked about how God spoke to you. If I can get this right, he said, if, if you'll go deep, if you'll take care of the depth, I'll take care of the of the width, the, broad, yes. the breadth of your ministry. Yes. Pick up on that thought again and tell us a little bit about that, because I think all of us need to hear this message. 
Well, you know, Mark, God has so much to say to us through His Word. And, um, you know, early on in the ministry, I worried about so many things because how do you raise mm-hmm. little kids on the road? How do you, you know, homeschool these kids? How do you how do you come out of this situation when they're always mm-hmm. on a stage hearing applause? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, yes. you could create some real shallow kids. Mm-hmm. You could be shallow yourself. It's a temptation for every human being that is in the spotlight a lot. Right, right. Um, and so, again, God began to speak to me and say, it is absolutely a must that you hear from me and that you you get it. You 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 take those roots down deep, right? And so um, he gave me a scripture because I, I was concerned about so many things. I remember walking out to the product table one night, and Olivia was about three years old, and someone was asking for her autograph. Oh, at three years of yes. age. Yes, wow. And you know, she didn't know how to even hardly write her own name. <laughs> and I remember this absolute yes. panic coming mm-hmm. over me, thinking, "Dear God." My kids, you know, she doesn't even hardly know how to write her own name. Mm-hmm. She doesn't even know her own social security number. And somebody wants her little autograph. Mm-hmm. What in the world is she going to grow up to be? This is backwards. This is mm-hmm. crazy. Mm-hmm. And the Lord began to show me, listen, uh, you're worried about so many things, but here's what I need you to do. Matthew six thirty three. if you ever see me sign a CD or a book, I always have that scripture under my name. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Amen. This is what you've got to do. Mm-hmm. And all these other things that you're worried about and concerned about, mm-hmm. I'm going to take care of them. But again, take care of the depth. Right. I can't emphasize that enough. Yeah. And so as I began to get into God's word, um, you know, again, he began to enlighten me, as I've already said. And, you know, I don't always feel like I have a word from the Lord, but I know this much. Um, Babby Mason, my friend, used to say, you want to hear God speak? Open up the Bible. That's so true. And when we do... um, you know, and we'd be not just open up the Bible and start reading it, but we begin to obey it. Mm-hmm. A fruit happens in our lives. Amen. Good fruit. That's so starts true. Starts beginning to grow. Yeah, that's so true. Uh, we're going to we're going to talk a little bit about this, and probably we're going to even move into this in, in our second uh, part of, of the interview because I want you to stay to be able to talk a little bit longer. But COVID, everybody's talking about COVID. You all used to hold about 120 concerts a year, and then suddenly (laughs) COVID hit. How did that affect the Collingsworth family? Well, it affected us like it has affected everyone else. It Uh just obliterated your schedule. (laughs) You know, I mean, I don't care what you do for a living. COVID stopped you in your tracks. Absolutely. Uh, I've often said that not everything in life can you look at someone, you know, when you see somebody that's sick or dealing with, uh, you know, a divorce or cancer. Not everybody Mm -hmm. can say, oh, I know how you feel. I've been there. But COVID, everybody can look at one another and say, I know just how you feel. I was in quarantine sure. too. Mm-hmm. I was I couldn't find toilet paper either. Yeah. You know. <laughs> it, yeah, that's right. It, it equaled the playing field. It did. Rich or poor, you could not find I mean, paper it, towels or toilet paper. It became an, a huge issue. Absolutely. I have friends who actually had toilet paper stolen out of the back of their vehicles oh because my. they didn't lock them. I mean, wow. yeah, we all were there, weren't we? Yeah. So COVID has affected us in that way. But you know, more specifically, yes, we did do 120 dates a year. That was our norm. And and March the 14th, our bus pulled into the home place, mm-hmm. and the kids went to their own separate houses, and Phil and I went home, looked at each other, and he turned in the kitchen and said to me, what in the world is happening? Mm-hmm. Because we had no earthly clue 
that, um, you know, our schedule was going to get obliterated. Mm-hmm. And by the time we had sung our last date on March the 13th, arrived home on the 14th, we'd already lost almost 30 concerts. Wow. And by the end of the first or second week, 55 concerts were gone. Wow. And several months later, 85 concerts had disappeared. And again, that was just how it affected us personally. But mm-hmm. Mark, honestly... Um, there's an old saying that says, be careful what you ask for. Mm-hmm. You just might get it. Right. And several weeks before COVID, and I hesitate to say this because I don't want anybody to blame me for COVID because it's certainly not my fault. Mm-hmm. But a couple weeks before COVID, I asked the Lord specifically, and I actually wrote it in my prayer journal. And I asked the Lord for a break. Yes. And I said, God, I'm tired. Uh-huh. Um, my mind needs a rest. I need to be refocused. Mm. I need to be recharged. And it wasn't two or three weeks later, and we were sitting at home looking at each other, twiddling our thumbs and saying, what on earth has happened? So yeah, be careful what you ask for. <laughs> <laughs> and you definitely did. I mean, because uh, not everyone knows this, but I'm a pastor your family. And so we got to see a whole lot more of your family during those days. They had to hear a whole lot more of my preaching. Oh, we loved it. Um, and got to participate in Vacation Bible School and yes. all kinds oh, of neat things that they wouldn't have been able to do had they been on the road. But God miraculously stepped in, and he took care of you during this time mm-hmm. and your family. And and all the families, I mean, when the wheels of the bus weren't going round and round anymore, and yet miraculously, God intervened, didn't he? Kim, he absolutely did. I don't have a single sob story to tell you. Um, three days or so into uh, being home, we mm-hmm. were kind of numb, I think, like everybody else. Right, you know, you're right. watching the news and going, okay, what's happening? We've never seen anything like this. But two or three days in, I just, it was just numb. And I was sitting in my chair and I pulled up my phone. And on Facebook, there's a lady named Lisa Turker. She's a, an author, an amazing mm-hmm. speaker, and written a lot of great books. Uh, she was speaking on Facebook. And I just kind of started watching her because I could almost see the shock in her face as well. She was saying that eight weeks of her schedule had been canceled. Mm-hmm. Wow. And she said, I, I, I'm having to reframe my disappointments. What's going on here? Mm-hmm. And she started saying, she basically took the scripture, whatsoever is true and just, she didn't quote the scripture, but it's what she was doing. Mm-hmm. Whatever is true and just and lovely and of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. And she started saying, I'm having to reframe my disappointments. My schedule is going away. What is, what's going on? She said, and I got to thinking, fun hasn't been canceled. And I thought, man, I don't know what planet you're living on because this yeah. is absolutely no fun. She went on to say, you know, God's love hasn't been canceled. And I thought, right, well, that's true. Right. And then she started naming this and that. And then she made a statement. She said, joy hasn't been canceled. And when she said that, something just came over me. And I began to think, you know, this is true. This right. is absolutely mm-hmm. true. So I jumped up when she finished talking and ran to the music room and Ended up pinning the words to a song that we used during COVID called Joy Is Not Canceled. Right. And, uh, mm-hmm. But I say all that to say that God began to say to me, listen, he kind of just picked us up and set us down, mm-hmm. as it were, mm-hmm. and said, be quiet. <laughs> and on, you ask for yeah, a break, you're getting right. one. Yeah. And listen, I God has been speaking so clearly in the last 11 months. You know, the Bible talks about in 1 Peter 4, 7, to be clear-minded and mm-hmm. self-controlled so that you can pray. Well, man, when you're running at 100 miles an hour, it's very difficult yeah. to be clear-minded. Yeah. And God just set us down. And when he did, he began to speak. Amen. And um, he has taken care of us in every way. And so... Um, I don't have a single sob story. One of the things he has really driven home to me, Mark, over the past 11 months is 
um, how important it is to get into God's Word and to get God's Word into you. Great. Well, at that on that note, Kim, we're going to, we're going to end this podcast, but we're going to pick back up on this, and we're going to uh, we're going to I want to continue this thought. Can we do that? Absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we thank you for listening to the podcast today. Please listen next week as part two of this interview with Kim Collingsworth takes place. And we want to mention, again, her new book, His Gift, My Story. Kim, where can they find this book? Go to www.thecollingsworthfamily.com, and you Uh, can find it there. All right. Thank you so much. And ladies and gentlemen, as I always say and mean from the depths of my heart, remember Jesus Christ is truly the hope of the world. And if you look to Jesus, you can find hope along the journey. God bless you. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you liked what you heard and would like to know more, follow us on Facebook at Hope Along the Journey or send us an email at hopealongthejourney at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you join us again for more hope along the journey.